Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi everyone and welcome to Enpodom Esport by the Esports Bar, Kappa Bar and the Esports Organization Fragbyte, sponsored by Dr. Pepper. And as you can hear, I am speaking English today because we have an international guest with us tonight and uh, let's introduce her no other than Joy. Hi and welcome. Hi, well, thank you very much. It's awesome to have you here. So for those that don't know you, tell us something about yourself. All right, well, I'm Joy, and I'm uh, currently doing a little bit of work here and there at the Kappa Bar in Stockholm. And um, I am very much into the Heroes of the Storm scene. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about today, right? It sure is. I mean, I used to follow the old <laughs> esports scene of Heroes of the Storm until Blizzard screwed it up. Um, but you've been a part of the esports scene for quite some time, like even before the Blizzard fucked it up. Yeah. Yeah, I well, <laughs> in the old scene, I joined quite late, and um, I joined about like 2018. I became active in the community as a streamer, and um, and started like actively following the the Heroes Global Championship. So I will just refer to that as the HGC moving forward. Um, so I was a bit late to the party there, but I really wanted to get involved. I loved the game and I was getting quite good at it as well, but not quite good enough to be a player. So I was thinking, what am I going to do? And uh, I have quite a quite a knack for storytelling. So my friends were like, oh, you should try casting. And so that's how I got into it and started streaming and casting other games. Yeah, that's basically the same story for me when it comes to StarCraft. Not good enough to be a player, so let's cast it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it always works. And like you say, um, if you're good at storytelling, usually you become a, quite a decent caster. So for how long have you been casting Heroes of the Storm? So I started off quite like I had quite a flying start. So to mention, there was no um, no females in the amateur scene that were casting at that point. Not in the English language, only in uh, Russian for as far as I knew. So there were a lot of of well, amateur leagues that were jumping on straight away being like, wow, we, can we have you as a caster for our tournament? Because you're, you're a girl and your English is good. You cast good. So it was a little bit overwhelming in the beginning. And I'm really lucky that I, I had a sort of a mentor that took me under his wing from the very start because there were a lot of, um, in the in the league that I initially joined, they were a little bit wary that I was going to get a lot of backlash because I was a female. Mm. So, but other tournaments were very enthusiastic, and they they just got me on board uh, straight away. So I joined the um, uh, a Russian league, uh, the Aegon League, 
as their English caster, running the only English stream for that tournament. And uh, yeah, I even end up joining some of the um, some of the Northern Northern American uh, leagues as well. So, did you solo cast it, or did you have a co-caster for every every stream? No, I didn't have a co-caster for every stream. I started off mainly alone, and um, well, I I got invited to the amateur uh, amateur American leagues as a guest. So then I actually came in as a co-caster. How do you feel about solo casting? Doesn't it get hard after like a couple of hours of just being the only one talking? It absolutely does. If you have my like um, energy and level of hype, then it's very hard to keep that up. And the one time I really noticed that one was when I was doing um, an over nine hour cast that towards the end and you're facing your grand finals of the day. But that should be the most hype moment of yeah, the, of the day, right? <laughs> and you're just done. Your Your energy is out. You're 12 coffees in, but it's not helping anymore. <laughs> yes, then it becomes really hard. Yeah, I remember doing the 12-hour cast for uh, uh, Assembly Winter for the StarCraft scene. Um, mm-hmm. I did it uh, Friday, Saturday, and on Sunday, I think I fell asleep on in the second or first semifinals. <laughs> I was so pumped. <laughs> oh, man, that was... It was a great test to see how far you can go. But yeah, like you say, I mean, if you have a bracket tournament, the further towards the end you come, you want your energy levels to rise because it gets more exciting and it gets more hyped. But if you're solo casting, it it drains you because you have no one to um, talk to. You have no one that can take over the cast for like five or ten minutes so you can slow down a bit. Uh, but it's also, I do like solo casting for some reason. Yeah, in a way, it is, it's nice, but you really shouldn't step back and think of yourself sitting and talking into a microphone all by yourself, like a lunatic in a way, because yeah. <laughs> then that, that can really like, that can even drain you more that you're thinking, gosh, what am I even doing here? Yeah, especially when you run out of like stuff to talk about. Uh, usually, I mean, every game, every esports game have those like dead moments where nothing's really happening, like they're gearing up. Uh, maybe they're just farming through some power spike levels, like level 10 or level 16. And you're sitting there like, yeah, so not much is going on. They're just grinding. And yeah. <laughs> no team fight. So, you know, we'll see in about five minutes, maybe something happens. Yeah, exactly. And it also really comes down to like, what is a caster? Is your preferred role of course are you more like a, are you that play-by-play that is waiting for the team fights to break out or are you more that color caster that is looking at the at the bigger picture of the game what is really going on what are teams building towards and yeah. then it's like it'd be you as a solo caster you kind of have to do both and you have to like reach a level of why you are good at both else it's going to cost you quality yeah, exactly. You need to find like your style. My style of casting is very, um, very chill, and I don't tend to do too much play-by-play unless there is like uh, a big fight going on. But other than that, I'm just talk to the chat. I uh, explain about the game, current events. Like as a caster, I believe it's you have to make it entertaining because sometimes uh, certain esports doesn't have that quite. Um, a snappy play like say CS:GO, where it's non-stop action from the minute they spawn, or the second they spawn until the round is over. But if you have like Heroes of the Storm, you have sometimes nothing, and sometimes there's these uh, team fights uh, around an object that's very important to talk about. But then it goes reverts back to not much happening, and you need to fill out those kind of blanks uh, in order to make uh, the stream actually exciting to watch. Yeah, exactly. And what you don't want to do is you want to add some value to your to your viewers. And well, I tend to just I I've been <laughs> in the time that I got like I because within a year of starting to cast, I got to cast at my first LAN as well. So I went really fast <laughs> up until the point that people started asking me if I could like make a well, like a casting handbook or like a a spreadsheet that would just give out some tips throughout the game with talking points. And what I tend to do is I tend to spend my first like four four or five minutes just talking about team composition and draft, 
So how do, how do the teams face up against each other? How are they going to go toe to toe? And where are we going to see well certain certain characters excel compared to others? And then what you, what else you can do is just talk about their talent choices. Because in the first like four to five minutes, apart from like sometimes the starting brawl of, at the start at the start of the game, there is not going to be so much happening. So it's good to talk about these things. Get your get your viewers going on what is going to happen. What can they expect for the game to well for the game to continue? Exactly. Like what talent trees are we looking at? Will they change depending on um, how well they progress? Uh, did they choose a late game composition or do they have a timer like until until they reach level 16 we need to defeat them like because some compositions um, at least back in the days as far as i can remember were like some were super late game heavy so they were like okay no brawls until level 10 basically and then they power spiked at 16 and then at level 20 that's when they actually hit their now we can actually win this game yeah, the legendary Cloud9 yeah. competition <laughs> that won. What an insane game that was. <laughs> but yeah, that's that was HGC times, prime times of HGC, to be fair. Yeah, I miss those days. I miss the uh, Chinese Brawl League that I dubbed it to because the HGC scene in uh, in China was heavily focused around the team brawls. Like you could, you, there were always like 35, 35 in kills at the end of the game, which is pretty high to be fair. Very high. Yeah, you would not see that from European teams at all. No, but I think that is more like something that you see overall from China in every game. Yeah. <laughs> they seem to be like no 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 it's all about kills so uh being a female caster did you actually receive any backlash uh being a female yeah. caster uh i did i mean yeah. i remember my first my first really big tournament was uh the heroes lounge um mythic champion championship finals and that was the first ever time that heroes lounge was going to have a female on the broadcast so all the mods were super sharp on looking at any comments that were going to come yeah and uh, and they were so so like well prepared with that that it was kind of like making me nervous because <laughs> i was like okay okay geez what am i gonna get here yeah um but i actually got didn't get any backlash then it came in later on in tournaments but it's more um you know people are trying to hit on you in the chats Oh, stuff like that it's just completely uncalled for behavior but it's you know if you're if you're in the twitch chat i can imagine that it's funny yeah so but still i mean oh i grow so tired of it we have uh, two um, transgender women in starcraft esports and every time they play uh jesus christ the twitch chat um, so there was one tournament last year that like every br- famous broadcaster or um, caster that wasn't casting the game actually tweeted out uh, to towards ESL and be, went like, you guys need to have more mods because this is trash, like pure trash. And yeah, it's um, it's definitely and it, and it can cause a lot of females to just like quite quite promptly step out. Um, I really had to take. I recently had to take a break. Actually, like uh, towards the end of last year, I really took a took a break from from just the whole scene uh, after I was on this draft show and I got called out so much for my appearance that it just made me feel um, it made me feel like I wasn't being seen for what I actually tried to bring to the to the scene you know I'm not I'm not there to um to be beautiful if you know what I mean no you're there for your expertise and your knowledge and your love for the game that's why you were chosen to be there i mean exactly and it really hurt that like all the comments that came from twitch chat was about that i was not uh beautiful enough to be on a broadcast what and that was that made me think like wow i really seriously need to reconsider if i want to continue doing what i'm doing right now for this community so i took a break and i got a lot of people reaching out uh to me um and that was that was amazing. I even had, uh, and I'm just trying to think, what his name is again. Is it 
Mike Morhaime? Yes, it is. Michael Morhaime actually reached out to me as well on Twitter that he saw the draft show and he was very impressed by my, by, well, the things I was saying yeah. and that he thought that I was a very witty appearance. Yeah, I love Mike Morhaime. It's such a shame that when he left Blizzard, it became what it became. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, this is like an important topic because say you and I are on a hot show, um, say I'm completely clueless uh, i don't know what i'm doing there or if i'm actually good at what i'm doing um i will only get positive or negative feedback about that i will never be called out like oh my god that ty rob what were you thinking um shit should he even be on the show I me mean, look at him or you're, you're not gonna get people to be like oh my god he's so hot yes keep it on the show but <laughs> as, as soon as it's, it's a woman, it's always towards the looks and not what you're actually bringing to the show. And I hate that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely not in every um, in every tournament. It was actually the first time that that happened to me. So in all the tournaments that I've been in, uh, I've, I've received nothing but like nice comments. Sometimes it was like, oh, her hype is gone. Maybe she's tired. Uh, something like that but that is not negative feedback that's people trying to like empathize with you you know and uh this was actually the first time but it just hit me so hard and i'm I'm not sure why it hit me so hard um maybe because the crowd was also much bigger but um i think otherwise no the hot scene is very it's a very like good scene to be in for for women i think it's quite a no, it's a big word to say it's a girl-friendly community. That is, <laughs> that is also not true. We're still pl- talking about a MOBA game. But yeah, I wouldn't say I've received any other harsh backlash whenever I was on a broadcast. Yeah, but I also think, like, um, sadly, the hot scene is a lot smaller than most other scenes. And usually the smaller the scene is, the more friendly it is somehow. Because the wider the scene is, you get so much more toxicity into into the community for some reason people feel i think more anonymous more covered up by the crowd if it's a bigger scene yeah which is the main reason why i think people are such um, assholes on uh, in twitch chat because you don't uh, if you say something like you say you're anonymous nobody will reach out to you and be like hey what did you say that whilst I mean, if it's live in the audience, people tend to be a bit more reserved in what they say, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Which is um, always a sad thing. But uh, the Heroes of the Storm scene have recently been through like a new revival phase. Um, some big tournaments are actually starting to gain some uh, some movement, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. And it's been so, so good to see as well because that also means with this with this new life coming to the esports scene that you're also pulling in potential new players potential new public yeah because i mean there there are a huge difference between the other mobas like uh, dota 2 lol and heroes of the storm uh, i think heroes of the storm if you don't like dota or league of legends uh, hots is like the perfect mixture of them both you have uh, no items, you um, level up globally in the team, which I know some people are against, but I love that because that brings more team play to the fray, uh, in my opinion. And also, yeah. um, I'm not saying you, you get carried, but y- even if you're weaker, um, it's easier to be in a team and have like your role done uh, without being too weak in the team fights. Yeah, I think what sets uh, heroes apart from for example league of legends is that is as you mentioned it's so much more team-based game um because you don't get personal personally fed like you are not going to be that katarina that is going to carry the whole game after she's gone gotten 11 kills uh on her own because it's that is just not possible in in heroes of the storm it's always going to be the team effort the only thing that right now the game is really struggling with and that the and it has been said they're going to bring balance in, is that it's so much coming down to the final team fight. Yeah. After you hit your your last talent tier, which is going to be that level 20 talent tier, then there's going to be a fight, and whoever wins that fight will probably end up winning the game. 
and that is something that they're they're trying to like find a way to make that a bit less for an objective or not make that more impactful but that's what they're working on and i think that's really good because ever since the hcc has died we do see that um at least the developers from HOTS take much more to Reddit to read into what the community is complaining about. What do they want? And that's yeah. all really good. But otherwise, what sets HOTS really apart from uh, from from games like League is just they have different maps. In League, you only play uh, on Summoner's Rift. It's exactly. the only map you play. The objectives are always the same. The timings are always the same. And the only thing that changes are the heroes that are current or the champions that are currently playing on that map. And with Heroes of the Storm, there's much more flexibility, much more creativity, because there are certain heroes that are just much better on, on different maps for different reasons. So it gives much more opportunity for in-depth drafting and more strategy thinking. Um also, they have heroes that, well, heroes are characters just for people that really don't know anything about the game. They have characters that are just like no other characters uh, in any other MOBA. Like, for example, Deathwing, who is literally the biggest character in the game. He moves very slow and he has the health bar of a boss. Yep. But he can't be healed. So He's incredibly <laughs> big and incredibly powerful, but very immobile. So yeah. hard to play. Other than that, you also have StarCraft's Abathur, who doesn't actually partake in the game, but empowers other heroes with his abilities to then partake in the battle. Yeah, while also heroes. soaking up XP. Yeah, I mean, both and of those characters like that are you just amazing. won't find in other MOBAs. Yeah, exactly. I mean... And also you have such specific roles, like certain heroes are tanks. That's what they do. And then you have weird abilities that you won't find in other MOBAs. Uh, I mean, and also you have these um, specific roles, like you don't have in other MOBAs. Mm-hmm. Like in in HOTS you have tanks that are actually tanks. And then you have, we don't have, oh, now we have support heroes, but we usually didn't have, it was like you were a healer. And then you had melee and caster DPS, which is something that most MOBAs doesn't really have. They have well carriers, they have support, but supports rarely heal in other MOBAs. Yeah, that's true. In uh, in HOTS, you definitely have healers that absolutely will heal other allies up. Yeah. Um, which also allows, and that's just that just brings it back to to why it's so much more of a team like perspective like it's so much team focused like it's about keeping your other teammate alive if you are a healer and one role that has been removed with the with the rework that came to heroes of the storm was the specialist role yeah and these were like the rule benders the people um the the well not people of course but the (laughs) (laughs) the the characters that could disable buildings um had global abilities to use all over the map. Um, Medivh was the last release uh, specialist, if I recalled it correctly, yeah. who creates portals you can click to, you know, transport yourself all over the map. He can protect allies from, take, so they take absolutely no damage or CC. Um, yeah. But this role has been removed, and they are now the support characters. Yeah, so now we have support characters that either uh, purely shields or have like some minor heals and shields. uh, And you also have um, bruisers now more than you used to have. Like, So basically tanky or melee DPS, but they're not as tanky as an actual tank. Yeah, exactly. These are... These are characters that are more focused on soaking up as much XP as possible. So they would have the ability to uh, clear minion waves so fast that they can soak two waves uh, or two lanes at the same time without losing a single minion. And these are yeah the more sturdy melee DPS that make it it makes it harder to gank them. They will have some sort of um, either a self-sustain, uh, a set of CC. Or some mobility to make sure that they can, you know, hold their own in a 1v1. 
Exactly. And also one other thing that really sticks out when it comes to HOTS compared to others uh, or other MOBAs is you have you have camps and then you have also like bosses and stuff like that. Like, like you have much more on the map that you need to fight on uh, in comparison to like League of Legends and Dota. I mean, sure, you have Roshan and other things, but it's not... It doesn't feel like the same way when you clear camps in in HOTS and also like... Uh, you know, get the Dragon Knight or whatever you're going for, for whatever map you're on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maps are always based around an, an objective, and that one is different for every map. And it, of course, like, it gives different, um, like, gives different benefits. And that's what, what I was saying earlier, the in-depth strategy thinking that you need to be good at this game is, is much higher than than you have to think, for example, in League or Dota, thinking like, Mm, but if I pick, pick this champion, is it good into this champion? Yeah. And you also have to think, like, during the game, say you're you're not hitting level 10, they're already level 10, you might actually give up an objective for the time being because it's actually more worth it to uh, retract back and just defend that, uh, that boss or whatever uh, utility you have on the map and then, like, catch up XP-wise. Yeah. Uh, because that's so important. You, know, you don't want to get team wiped at certain points of the game. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's always possible to get a comeback. It's not like, and that's the thing with like where you, what I see often when I play league is like that one person gets really fed, and then your team starts calling the FF fifteen. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, that that won't happen in hot. Uh, because it's always possible to come back. There's always going to be that level 20 team fight. Uh, you know, sometimes you have that scaling scaling hero, but also the, the possibility to learn from your mistakes. And this is something that you see, um, that you see definitely like pro players do. And a really good example is um, ex-pro player Breeze, who is from Sweden here. Um, he was the youngest, yeah, the youngest uh, player to ever join the uh, HCC. He was 16 when he started playing for Team Dignitas. No, Team Fnatic, excuse me. So he streams hot once a year. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> But when he does... He's very vocally analyzing what he's doing. And when something goes wrong, he is really reflecting back on what can I do to learn from this to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Exactly. And and that is something that like that you see the the players in the higher ranks, they they are very vocally doing that also when they are streaming. Yeah, I remember watching this guy. I can't remember who he was, but uh, for every hero he did, like, and you, like, learn this class. And in the beginning for each um, hero, he was always like, okay, so tip number one, don't die. That's, like, your number one thing. If you feel scared that you might get jumped, go back. Like, just focus uh, when you're learning a new hero to stay alive as, like, have as few deaths as possible. Because that will teach you a lot more about your um, hero movement and it will also you will be more beneficial to the team because if you're dead you can do fuck all and you don't have buyback options in hots yeah you, if exactly. you stay dead for a minute you're dead for a minute like and that's why the end game is so 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 important like i say the level 20 fight if we team wipe they have over a minute where they have free reign, like free real estate. They can do whatever they want. And that's like the biggest comeback mechanic in this game. And that's why I really can get sometimes even tilted when you play quick matches and people are like, oh, they're so far ahead, we can't win. And I'm like, dude, if we just team wipe them in a well-executed team fight at level 20, we can reverse sweep the entire map. Like it's always an option there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and there is also these like there are like clutch little tricks that you can do to get better at the game as well. Um, but it's never it's never worth giving up early on, really. Never not is. before level sixteen at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, are, we, are you casting in tournaments currently in the new sport esports scene? Um, I'm still involved with the Amateur League Heroes Lounge, which is a European uh, Amateur League. That's just a running league with uh, every other 
every other well so they take a 10 week 10 week running league you get a championship two week break and then it starts again um so yeah i'm just i'm just going to be running that and on the tuesdays on the eve in the evenings i'm going to be starting casting uh their lower leagues which is division 7 6 and 5 and this is this is going from a skill uh, range from uh, bronze, which is their lowestly lowest rank, to about gold platinum. And I'm going to be casting those games, focusing mainly on uh, player improvement and educational content. So just making sure that uh, these players get a stage, yeah. Uh, because most casters think it's not very fun to cast these low lower rank games. Uh, but also these players, they, they play the game. They also contribute to our community. So I believe that they, they deserve a stage. And uh, and they, they often really want to improve. So handing them some feedback at the end of the game as well. Yeah, that's and... a great way of giving back to the community. I used to play in that league for like two seasons, but then I didn't have the time. Uh, but it's a great league to get started. And Yeah, absolutely. Also to get through the, like, the band pick phase, the... Um, teaching each other's t- um, tactics. Uh, and it's a shame that people don't want to cast those games because honestly, like this is coming from StarCraft community that I cast sometimes. Uh, I don't care what league players are from as long as both players are from similar leagues because if the games yeah. are even, they're always exciting in a like different manner. You can't compare pro games to amateur games, but if the game's even, you will still have exciting moments to cast. Exactly, and and of course, there's going to be some funny moments as well. Exactly, like what are they but, doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but there is there's there's always going to be stuff like that, and I'm thinking of jumping into maybe co-cast one of these, um, this new well new paid uh, league that is running, uh, but it's running currently in the North America time zone, so it's going to be quite late. Um, but yeah, I might try. I might give it a try to co-stream it at some point and see how that goes. Always great with some new content and also new streaming hours. I mean, sure, it's going to be late, but you get a completely new audience if you stream late here from Sweden. Uh, get the uh, tip-heavy NA scene. Usually, casters or uh, streamers that stream NA-friendly hours gets more subs than people who stream EU-friendly hours for some reason. Oh, really? Yeah, I got that as a tip from uh, uh, Vibe, a famous StarCraft streamer. Uh, he tried streaming on EU-friendly hours, and he noticed that uh, EU people don't uh, sub as much as NA people. I don't know if it's got something to do with, like, if you go to a restaurant in Sweden, you're less prone to tip than if you're from America or something. I think it's... Uh... Yeah, maybe... I'm not sure about that either, but yeah. um, I just I just actually remembered that I might be going to Paris this summer as well to uh, host on the stage for a Heroes of the Storm LAN. So Ooh. that's going to be all of the tournaments that I'm going to be doing in the near future. Nice. Uh, do you know anything about the hot scene in Sweden? Like, uh, do we have any teams like we used to have? We, um, well, in this new... In this new running uh, running league, which is called the Heroes Heart CCL Community Clash League, uh, there is a Swedish organization, Granite Gaming, oh, nice. and they're uh, they're running an almost uh, complete Swedish roster as well. So we definitely have some people in the pro league still. And uh, and the last time that I went to the Masters Clash, which is the LAN in Paris. Also, a full Swedish team took home the trophy. Well, there you go. Yeah, because we used to be um, like top dogs in all the Heroes of the Storm. If you look at the old HTC days, I mean, it was Fnatic versus Dignitas all the time in EU. And uh, those were the only two teams that could compete against the Koreans that are always amazing in Blizzard games for some reason. Yeah, it's it's insane. But yeah, that's true. Fnatic, both Fnatic and Dignitas had a lot of Swedish players in their uh, in their roster. Yeah, I miss those days because 
like Heroes of the Storm really created this amazing storyline between those two organizations. It was always like tight games, uh, three to victories and best of fives, and all games were always exciting. And then it all just disappeared, which was sad to see. Yeah, without a lot of notice, Blizzard, yeah, that Blizzard was uploaded a blog post to announce the death sentence of the HTC. Which was um yeah, which was interesting. I think mainly that there was no um no heads up given to anyone involved whatsoever that caused a lot of pain and a lot of anger. But I also think that they um them mentioning that they were excited to move everyone away from Heroes of the Storm towards their other games. Yeah. I think that, that even like was a little bit of salt in the wounds at that point. Pretty much. Do you think the new esports team will be stronger now that Blizzard isn't really involved with it? Yeah, Blizzard isn't Blizzard isn't involved whatsoever. They give out the tournament license, and uh, that's about it. Um, the thing is, uh, Rob, that a lot of people think after a statement that Blizzard had released that blog post that Blizzard has completely abandoned the game. Uh, that there is going to be no like patches, no new heroes. But we've seen. So many new heroes come out, balance patches that were extremely good, hero reworks, they keep coming in. The game is very much still being worked on, and it's very much still alive. And I think with um, with the coming of the Heroes Heart CCL, which, um, which started last year, September, I think it brought in a lot of life, new life, to, to the esports scene, yes. Because the Northern America uh, scene is very, very hype. They're very active and they're kind of all over the place. They're everywhere. And with their league being based there, um, I think that gives, it brings definitely new life as well. Yeah, because I mean, StarCraft's been through a, a recent like revival. Uh, Blizzard is no longer a part of the esports scene. It's now ESL, and I love it. Yeah. Even though they do mistakes sometimes, but they're much more transparent. They can even admit when they've done something wrong and they're much better for the players and I just think that it's very hard for a game development company to be both like involved with the game and also the esports scene um, I think it's better to have tournament organizers just focusing on the esports scene and if there is issues like balance or something they could take it to the game developers but uh, I just think it's better for the stability of an esports scene, if you have a pure tournament organizers fixing the esports scene about it, yeah, absolutely. And what you then see is that actually these bugs they don't, or well, bugs or imbalances they don't really get taken to to Blizzard because that's kind of what happened. the The community has lost faith in it, and so have the so have the tournament organizers. Mm. We know the game is still being updated, but there are some. There are some skins that have been bugged uh, from release. So they are just banned in every tournament. What? I didn't know about this. So what do you mean bugged out skins? So in some... So for example, if you go to to Striker Leeming. Yeah. Or um, the Cyberhawk Keltas. Cyberhawk Keltas, when it casts a Flame Strike, the Flame Strike is not as visible as the classic skin Keltas. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> that's really bad. Yeah, Sidewinder Anna, her sleep dart, you uh, has a has a slightly different color. It's a slightly bit more transparent than uh, the color is from the sleep dart in her classic skin. So yeah, this the it's it bugs like that. It's uh, the invisible horse, which is no longer available uh, in in the Blizzard in-game shop, sadly. But it was a super good mount. Is banned <laughs> in every in every tournament because you can't see it. You can't see it coming. So it's uh, it's a bit like that. Uh, yeah. But uh, other than that, are there any like major balance uh, issues that causes like pain in esports scene now with the heroes being at OP? the moment? Yeah. I am checking because we had an. Update to that. Uther's Benediction has been uh, banned for a while because it was bugged. 
Uh, it gave you cooldown reduction not only on your on the ability that you just casted when you procked Benediction, but it gave you cooldown reduction on all three. So that wasn't quite what it was supposed to be. <laughs> Slightly smaller. Um, and so then it gets, you know, it gets banned for use. Um, let's see. Oh, right now it's uh, Tracer's talent is that a health pack where she regens more health if she picks up a region globe. If she picks up a region globe while she is in, for example, the Dragonite or the um, Triglav Protector on Volskaya Foundry, she will heal the vehicle back up as well. Ooh, pretty strong. And Deathwing's talent gaze onto destruction where he lands and uh, applies damage reduction to the targets that he lands on currently also applies to buildings and minions. So that one is also banned. Oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember when the I don't remember when it was, but they did make like a rework on the Tracer and she was super OP in uh, quick matches for a while. Like if you knew how to play her, you were unkillable. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how after after Tracer got a talent three rework, a lot of people were really, really the opinions were really spread, let's put it like that. <laughs> so this really well known Tracer player from the community, Dino, which is also in the Pro League. Uh, multiple GM player, uh, very, very well known for his tracer. He was saying, oh my god, this hero is, it's trash now. I can't play it anymore. <laughs> but after playing a few games with it, he, of course, like retracted his opinion and said, <laughs> yeah, no, okay, she's still good. <laughs> but I do love some of the reworks. Like, uh, I, I love to play Sylvanas, and they have made a rework with her, but she's more like a DPS now, more than like um, creep clearing or a building destruction like she used to be. She's still good at those things, but she feels yeah. more like an assassin now, and I like that. Yeah, Sylvanas is in a very good spot because she's such a hybrid. She provides um, not only auto attack damage, but also spell damage. So she is really that like in the middle hybrid uh, hero. High mobility, has a self cleanse, uh, even can pick up like self sustain at level 16. It's quite late on in the game. So, you know, for the squishy target you are, you still have to play a little bit safe. But she brings a lot to the table. Yeah, she also has the in by escape that I love. The uh, Banshee wave thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, what are your like top three heroes in current heroes of the storm that you'd love to play? Currently, uh, I personally like my my favorite hero, and I just cannot get tired of her is uh, Tyrande. And people people that play Warcraft, they will know Tyrande Whisperwind, the High Priestess of Alune. Tyrande in uh, Heroes of the Storm is a healer, but a very niche one. She has a lot of utility to offer as she can stun people, slow people, reduce their damage, provide vision all over the map, and can make you uh, invisible as well after level 10. Just for four seconds, but sometimes that's enough. <laughs> um, very niche pick, but if you play her well, uh, I think she's she can be very, very impactful and I'm very proud to say that uh, two seasons ago, I managed to get on top of the world leaderboard with Tyrande. Nice. And I, uh, yeah, I was very proud to say I was the best Tyrande player worldwide in Heroes of the Storm. Oh, I miss her old uh, owl build that you can insta-kill people with. Yeah, ridiculous. I mean, so <laughs> they, they have been, um, they've been hearing the community complain about that quite a lot. So they've decided to bring back a little bit of that old owl build. But the stacking aspect of it is gone. Yeah. But right now you can pick up, um, I think it's called Ranger at level one, the owl talent, which makes your owl do more damage based upon the distance that it travels across the map. So if you are in your own base and you shoot out an owl, you will take up to 60% extra damage from the owl that comes if it if it reaches the end of the map. Yeah. So yeah, you can still do some ridiculous damage with her. Um, and that, that's honestly why she can also be so much fun. Otherwise, I would say... Um, I really enjoy playing Anna from Overwatch. Very much the same hero uh, as she is in Overwatch. Um, 
She has her her skill shots, uh, skill shots, healing dart, her skill shot, sleeping dart, her biotic grenade. Uh, but this biotic grenade is so impactful because it gives uh, your enemies a hundred percent minus healing debuff for a good four seconds. So you are so good at securing kills for your team with that healing grenade because the enemy team can simply not get healed. Yeah, four seconds in HOTS is like... That's like an an hour. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's like an hour in real time. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. It sounds so ridiculous when you read the text like, oh, can't heal for four seconds. The thing is, during those four seconds, that could be a team wipe right there, like bam. Yeah, absolutely. And otherwise... um, yeah, I mean, I could say Nova is one of my favorite heroes, but she's just not very good right now. So I end up playing much more Cassia, which is the Amazon from Diablo. Um, super good, sturdy DPS. I really like her. Yeah, she's fun to play with. Uh, but I did like the fact is what you said about Anna, that she's very similar to play in Overwatch because I... I've uh, been playing some Overwatch with a couple of my friends and I uh, pick um, any Overwatch character that I'm used to playing in Heroes of the Storm. And they trans, <laughs> um, they really, like if you can play them in HOTS, you can play them in Overwatch. It's, it's, yeah. it, it's of course different be- between an FPS and a MOBA, but like you get so, so much faster into the character in Overwatch if you know how to play it in Heroes of the Storm, which is a cool uh, transparency thing between two Blizzard games. Yeah, absolutely. And I've never played StarCraft myself, but I do enjoy playing a lot of the StarCraft heroes that are in Heroes of the Storm. Um, so I don't really know how those, like if, if there's a lot of transparency between those two as well. StarCraft's, of course, completely different game. Yeah, I don't um, think it uh, it translates just the same as in uh, for, from MOBA to FPS. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a little bit of a different world there. <laughs> it really is. But it, I, I love the the idea they had with the Heroes of the Storm. Like you play your favorite heroes and characters from a multitude of Blizzard games. Uh, because you feel, uh, in my opinion, much more connected to the Heroes of the Storm heroes compared to other heroes in other games. Because yeah. Uh, you have a backstory to them like you don't have... I mean, yeah, you have backstories in both League of Legends and Dota, but it doesn't feel like the same way when you take it from like the Warcraft universe or the Starcraft universe. Exactly. Like these, these background stories have already come to life before you through Starcraft, through World of Warcraft, through Diablo. And with uh League of Legends releasing like Legends of Runeterra and stuff like that it's it's just like all afterwards that they're trying to bring more life to their characters and maybe that's just just too late i have no clue actually if if um Legends of Runeterra is very popular i've never played it myself uh we'll see if it gets popular but i think like adding more in depth to whatever heroes you're playing all i mean when you start playing HOTS, you always go for certain characters because you feel attached to them. Like for me, being a Horde player like Sylvanas was an obvious choice. Or for me as a StarCraft fanboy, the StarCraft heroes. Uh, and I think that's a great way of getting people to choose heroes instead of just, okay, what's strong, uh, what's weak, and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, Heroes of the Storm... Um, Great to see the esports scene coming back. I mean, I know from StarCraft community we've been called dead game for so long, but I mean, Heroes of the Storm really got the a complete axe. But it's good to see the scene growing again, and I hope that it will grow in Sweden as well. Uh, it's a much faster-paced game for a MOBA game. I mean, usually games end at like 20-25 minutes, depending on how, how the team fights go, whilst in like... Dota and LoL, you can have a map that goes on for almost an hour. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot like slower with laning faces and stuff like that, and a lot less team fighting going on. And that's definitely different than Heroes of the Storm. You're going to see team fighting, um, well, depending on which rank you're in, almost nonstop. 
yeah, I mean, it's it, it's so much evolved or revolved around team fights, and especially at certain points in the map, like okay, now you try to get the Dragon Knight, or you try to get the the curses, or whatever it is, you will always be forced into team fights because of the map. So it's not like you can play super slow and don't go for team fights throughout an entire map. You have to do it at certain points in the, in every Heroes of the Storm map. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, that concludes today's episode. Thank you so much, Joey, for uh, wanting to be a part of this. Well, thank you for having me. And if people want to follow you on Twitch, social medias and whatnot, uh, what should they search for if, if that's the case? Okay, well, if you want to follow me, you are more than welcome to jump into my Twitch chat at twitch.tv slash imjoyk. And uh, otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at xjoyk. And that's pretty much where I am. Pretty much where you're at. So if you want to watch an amazing player stream some Heroes of the Storm, you know where to go. Uh, Yeah, it's been a while since I streamed Heroes of the Storm. I usually stream just StarCraft these days. Been getting him back into WoW though. Uh, Starting to level up a Pandaren Monk because, you know, why not? (laughs) Monk is really fun. It is fun. So this has been another episode of Enpodom Esport by the Esports Bar Kappa Bar, the Esports Organization, Fragbite, and the delicious drink, Dr. Pepper. So with that, take care everyone. If you can get vaccinated, please get it. Uh, stay safe and hopefully we'll have LAN event soon. Take care everyone. in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.